Listen, the proof is right there in the pudding. Some of your favorite stars have used backstage to kickstart their career. Denzel Washington, Sandra Bullock, Chris Evans, that's Captain America. You too can be just like Captain America. All you have to do is subscribe to Backstage. You know what? You can do that right now for free. Here's what you gotta do. Go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code ENVELOPE at checkout for a 30-day free trial. That's 30 days of access to thousands of casting notices uploaded daily. You're just one click away from following the footsteps of some huge names that use Backstage as the start of their careers. Viola Davis, Scarlett Johansson, Al Pacino. As always, be like Al Pacino. Subscribe to Backstage today, and again, use code ENVELOPE at checkout, E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E, for free. Be like Al Pacino. Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the one-stop shop for actors and creators both above and below the line. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso backstage senior editor and professional entertainment obsessive. I'll be your guide through every corner of the creative industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. Here you'll find intimate, in-depth talks with today's most award-worthy names in film, television, and theater. Along the way, we'll get advice on living your best creative life, relatable stories of the highest highs and lowest lows, and maybe, just maybe, a rare peak in the envelope. And that's what I'm always trying to do and be as an artist is just honest and in the moment and present and um, also allowing some room for surprise. That element of like, wow, okay, I surprised myself. Like I had it mapped out, but I was present and something else came from it. You know, something new came, something better came. Welcome to In the Envelope, the Actors Podcast. I am your host, backstage senior editor, Vinny Mancuso. And if you are listening to this on the day it drops, it is, of course, November 24th, 2022. Happy Thanksgiving to all who are listening. And if you're not, well, we're still extremely thankful for each and every person who listens to this podcast. And we're equally grateful that joining us today is the one, the only, Janelle Monet, Just one of the coolest, most multi-talented artists working today. In addition to being an eight-time Grammy-nominated musician and a science fiction author and an activist, uh, she's also carving out a really, really special acting career. That includes roles in a Best Picture winner and a Best Picture nominee in just six years as Moonlight and Hidden Figures, of course. And she can next be seen in Glass Onion. Ryan Johnson's much, much anticipated sequel to Knives Out. Rest assured, we did keep all of the movie's twists and turns, and there are a lot of them. We left them all unspoiled here, but we did dig into who Janelle Monet is as a performer and what her creative process looks like, which hopefully helps a few of you who, much like her, are interested in excelling at everything. Let's get into it. Here is Janelle Monet. Janelle, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, this is, of course, the Backstage Podcast. Uh, this episode won't be debuting until Thanksgiving, but I would definitely, definitely kick myself if I talked to you and did not compliment you on your Halloween costume this year. 
Father Laguna from the Fifth Element. Incredible. Thank you so much. I had so much fun transforming. What? I can't believe you saw that. I, I, it was, well, first of all, it's at the top of your Instagram still. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of anyone who goes all out for Halloween. Uh, and I know that, you know, just watching your career, I know that you will get the character one day that becomes a Halloween staple. Um, oh, I know that's the goal. Can't wait. I love transforming and becoming something outside of my everyday self. And that's why I love Halloween, because I think it gives people like that permission to just yeah. be free. And, you know, I think you picked a pretty good career for a transformation. Uh, you are one of the best at it. And I do want to talk, of course, about Glass Onion, in which you put on a very incredible performance. The last time you talked to us to backstage was 2020. Uh, and you said something very interesting. You said, uh, I don't pick my roles. My roles pick me. Uh, I'm curious, uh, in what ways did Glass Onion pick you? I definitely thought about working with Ryan Johnson for years, like years. Ever since I saw his film, Looper, I was blown away by it. I was like, who is this guy who loves time travel as much as me? I thought he was doing something innovative in it. And it was like, I wish I had written it, starred in it, directed it. It was like one of those films. And so I went down this rabbit hole of watching everything he had done. And he had done, uh, you know, his first film, Brick, which was a whodunit, you know, set in high school. And I watched everything up until Knives Out. And I just love the chemistry, like between him and Daniel and this iconic detective. And I was like, this, this is a smart director. Like I, it's a yes. So before I even read the script and then he sends the script, I'm like, Ryan, oh, you are so good. Like the twist, the turns and the character he's, the characters he had written, the character he had it for me in mind was just like, I can, the only thing I can say about it is like, it's a dream role. I was like the amount of range as an actor that you'll be able to just do. Like this is a, an actor's dream role. And then I saw that it was set in Greece. I was like, it went from yes, Good. hell yes, to fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, the list just kept growing. Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. Is this, is this, um, I was just kind of looking through IMDb. Is this the first uh, on-screen role you did not have to audition for? Is this, is this the first one that, that someone brought to you and, and asked and said, you know, I wrote this with you in mind? I think, I think Ryan says he does not write with a specific actor in mind. Mm -hmm. you know, obviously this is he and Daniel's, this is their baby. Mm -hmm. For Daniel to say, yes, she's the person for this part. And for Edward, uh, who also told me that when my name had come up, when he had signed on, he was like, absolutely. So I'm just so humbled that they would see uh, me as a person who could take on this role and do it justice. This is a tough one to talk about without spoiling. I know I know that this has probably been a long day of trying not to spoil this for people. So I will just say that this, and you've mentioned this before, of course, is that this is a role that allows you to show off a, a, a wide range. It's, it's, it's a character, you know, with, with multiple, multiple layers to unpeel. So I'm wondering, you know, as an actor, as a performer, when you're presented with this role, uh, what is that this sort of the, the first step for you for sort of pulling all that back and finding the, the truth, the truth of the character? I always start with the spirit. What is the spirit of this person, of this character? What are they after? What do they want? And depending on the role, you know, they could be a bad person, a good person, everything in between. I mean, what's really evil? What's good? You know when you're when you're talking about characters and about circumstances there's a lot to unpack with this character 
it's lots of lot of mystery behind this character. So you you do want to I start with the spirit, and once I'm locked into that, and I get my body into the clothes, and you know um, I start doing pre-production rehearsals and going through the script and marking it up and like getting into it. Um, that's when I start building, and. I had a wonderful collaborator in Ryan Johnson. Like he was always like, everything was on the page. There was nothing that was that he had written. And I was like, eh. I was like, no, I cannot wait for this scene, this scene, this scene. Like here I'm able to do comedy. I'm able to do like this, this character is comedic, has some comedic moments, some humorous moments, has that deep, dramatic, emotional, heavy lifting that, you know, I'll need to do all the way to action. Like I'm finding myself working with a stunt coordinator <laughs> in the middle of Greece. So it was just, it was a lot to manage, but I'm so thankful to all of the films that I'd done prior to, to, to filming Glass Onion because it prepared me to be available and ready and, and yeah, to ready to go to a new height with, with playing Andy. You mentioned, you know, sort of finding the, the spirit of the character. I'm curious in what ways it, it, it changes during all the all of those different elements, during during all those layers of the process, is this, is that something where once you find it, it stays the same, or are you sort of open to being like, oh, you know, what I thought what what I thought my character might do here is is not what I think they might do here now. Is that something that that evolves, or is that something where when you find when you find that core tenant, is that what kind of guides you your north star the entire way? Yeah, I mean, you start at the core, but you leave room for the spirit to grow and to become something to show you to reveal more about itself. And that's what I allowed myself to do. You start with, you know, what you think you know, and you also leave room for that spirit to reveal more about itself. Um, what else is she trying to say? What else can she do? How, how you know, you, it, it will evolve, evolve over time, especially after you try it. Because sometimes you can have something in your head and you think that this is it, this is it, you got it. And you look at a take and you're just like, I don't think that's what, <laughs> I don't think that's what's needed. So it's a lot of that. It's a lot of just, you know, taking risks, being wrong, being right, uh, and having a wonderful director who is is open to to collaborating and exploring it with you. I, I, I was just, you know, I was just thinking about looking at Ryan Johnson's career, looking at your career, and I do think there's this sort of overlap between you creatively in the way that you know you take these 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 genres and, and in his sense it's the, it's the whodunit and with you it's the more of like you know the metropolis style sci-fi cyberpunk and you kind of modernize it and make it you know about today and i'm curious if you know what your conversations are like with ryan about just like the creation process and the, the, the creative process and stuff like that even outside of you know specific character work did you find that you were on that sort of that wavelength where you wanted to to elevate the genre and you want to modernize the genre like what were your conversations like basically about the creation process they were so fun we were like two big kids like one-upping each other on oh we can do this we can do this i mean the beautiful thing about this film is that if you watch it a second time third time and that's what we want you to do watch it over and over and over go to the movies to see it watch it at home you know on netflix because you're going to discover something new every time, guaranteed. I've seen this film four times and I'm just like, what? I didn't see that. That clue was like right there in my face. And I think Ryan, he says this himself, like his goal as a director, as the writer, was to play fair. Like everything that this movie says, it does. Like once you get to the twist, once you get to the ending, if it says this is how things went, 
if you rewind it back, you will indeed see that is how things went. And it's such a deeply satisfying feeling as a as a watcher, like as a fan of of, of a whodunit is like, ah, oh, wow. I, I I thought I knew, but I had no idea. Or I knew, I knew, I knew, and I can't believe they pulled pulled the wool over my head. So knowing that he he wanted to collaborate with me on just you know planting clues, and he wanted to collaborate with all the other actors on planting clues in this whodunit film was so fun because we could just look back and be like, remember that little that little thing we thought wasn't going to make a big difference became became the the like the thing that everybody who's watched it is talking to us about yeah i'm curious how that that affects you know and this is sort of getting into the specifics of of performance and movement stuff like that how you how you approach the the modes because this is the kind of a film where where a small acting choice you make can be a clue it can be something so i'm curious you know how you how you approach the day where you're, you're of course trying to stay present you're trying to to let things happen naturally, but it's also a performance and also a film that calls for you to have very precise characterizations, stuff like that. How do you balance the sort of uh, the, the the needs of the very twisty plot with, um, you know, being present and, and doing what feels natural in the moment? Well, I mean, I love the script. Like I, like I was saying, everything was on the page. I was excited about just playing it how it was on the page. And I think once I started to to, to rehearse and and do the spirit work of the character and you know, get my clothes on, all of that. Like it was just, it became something else. It it just, it went up a notch. Um, and I'm so collaborative. I have, I, I, I look at myself as somebody who has good ideas as well. And Ryan as well has wonderful ideas. And it was just like, may the best idea win. Like we want, we want the best for the, for the character, for the film and just being objective about that. And also I did have a, a lot to manage with this role. And I think, yeah, I just think you just lock in and you you get it done. Like you just set up a system, you know, like I, I couldn't be on my phone and text messaging and with friends and fam. So I would have to just let them know like, hey, I'm in Greece right now. Like I'm I'm doing like one of my dream roles and working with people. Like I want this to go well. And you just, you know, you got to lock into that. You have to, that's that's a part of what makes you an actor and and a, a, a professional is is doing what you need to help you support this role and be present in creating and crafting this role. It's interesting that you know you this was this was filmed during a very particular time in a very particular circumstance, and it it was kind of you know a bubble situation where there was the pandemic and you were in Greece and you were all sort of together. Is that the reason why you sort of totally locked in, you know, no cell phones, stuff like that? Or, or is that uh, something that you found that you've helped from role to role? Or is that or is that something specific that you did for Glass Onion? Yeah, that's a part of my process. You know, there are moments where you just want to be in that world. I'm in Glass Onion, Knives Out, and I think social media, phones, like those are so many different worlds. Yeah, you just have to know yourself. It's it's interesting that you say that because this this role does present so many more things on screen that you haven't gotten to do before. And I think you mentioned uh, a lot more comedic beats than you've gotten to do on screen than you have, which is interesting because, you know, I, like I said, I've scrolled through your Instagram. I've seen your public persona. You, you, it's it's not that you haven't, you, you're very funny. It's it's not, it's not that you've never been funny on screen. So I'm curious, you know, what this role taught you about the 
intricacies of, you know, specifically film comedy, you know, on screen comedy and how that differed from just like, you know, being a funny person. Timing is everything like comedic timing. I, I have to tip my hat to so many comedians and so many actors who do comedies like it's no it's not a <laughs> it's 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 not easy, you know, to to land the jokes that are on paper uh, with with Ryan, like he had written them. I was laughing when I was reading some of the things. And some of them were my lines. Like Birdie J has so many funny moments uh, in this film. I mean, to Edward, to I can, uh, everybody has that one line or two that I can recite and be like, that was funny as hell. Like how they delivered it, you know, really like made it even more funny. You got, you can't, pre-think about it though either there has to be some sort of like being present in the moment don't try to make yourself be funny just be funny just be honest be truthful you know to 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 who you are and that character in that moment and magic will happen and was that you know is that a result of a lot of trial and error i i i feel like you know at backstage we try and teach people how to do a lot of things and a lot of things that people ask about is they go how can i learn comedic timing and it's one of the hardest things because it's it's one of kind of under unexplainable. So I'm curious, you know, how much in terms of working with your castmates and finding those those comedic beats and even the small comedic beats that it's just like a reaction or a, or a, a nonverbal a reaction shot or something like that. Was that was that a result of a lot of trial and error, a lot of sort of trusting yourself, making those mistakes and how much of it was, you know, getting it right on the day? All of it. Everything you said, you know, some days you had it, some days you, you didn't, some days you were sure like I know that this is this is it and it might not be it might not be it but the beautiful thing is is who you're creating with and I felt like I could trust everybody I was in a scene with you know the, the we didn't just make a movie and come in as actors and not communicate like we had we had a lot of time to bond you know um we couldn't get sick we couldn't get covid so the producers and everyone like really reinforced that if we got sick, the production would be stopped and nobody wanted to be that person. And we stayed together. We stayed in that COVID free bubble and Ryan would do really, really cool things like host murder mystery parties for us on Saturdays. Like we'd go get drinks at the bar upstairs at the hotel. And I may or may not have been in full character. Who's to say? As Sherlock Holmes, you know, the top hat with the <laughs> the mustache, the cane, the cape, like I would show up like that and and be ready to play and and not take everything so seriously. And we would go to each other's, um, you know, rooms and hang out and just get to know each other as people, as humans. And I think that trust, that bond that we did off screen really did show up on screen. It really worked to our advantage where you felt safe enough to like say something corny or or, 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 or improvise. And, you know, you just knew your, your scene partner had you. I've actually, you know, I've gotten a lot of interesting differing answers on this podcast about when, whenever I ask about chemistry and you know what it means to actors you know how how much it helps how much it doesn't what it even means in terms of like you know you can have you can still have a great scene even if you don't particularly you know like the person and how much like that that chemistry really what it means so I'm curious you know what it means to you in general and like what this film because we keep coming back to it it was filmed in a very particular circumstances where you were pretty much around your cast and had to be around your cast 24 7 so i'm curious what this movie in particular taught you about chemistry oh it's everything <laughs> it is everything you for me like i have to know that 
I mean, sometimes you go through certain, you go through certain productions where you don't have time to bond. You know, we, we were in the pandemic together. So we had uh, in filming this. So we kind of had to stay together in a sense, which was a blessing. But prior to that, you know, you did you freedom of choice to just go do whatever you want to do. And you don't get an opportunity to really spend good time with people. And you're meeting people who are coming from so many different walks of lives. And they may not they may be socially awkward and they may not know how to communicate in that way. So you just kind of pretend to to like each other on set. But this was a different thing. And that's why I keep talking about it and I was shouted like it's such a special experience where you you get it. And, and I've, I've had other ensembles like with Moonlight and with Hidden Figures. Like I had real I have real still lifelong friendships with those folks. Like we bonded too. And this was another one where thank God, like we, we, we like, it wasn't for fake. It was, it was like the emotional investment that we had in each other um, was a real thing. Yeah. Incredible. I, something else I saw you said, I was just sort of, you know, going down your, your, your previous interviews and stuff like that. And it's, the way you talk about performing is so interesting. And I just want you to sort of elaborate on some of the stuff you said. One of that is, you know, you said being a good actor is about being a good listener and a good watcher. Uh, that's something you've you've learned. And I'm curious, you know, how exactly you came to learn that and what that means in, in, in how you have sort of adopted that into your, your performance and your process and stuff like that. I think listening, you, you learn a lot about a person from listening. Like I can learn a lot about you from just letting you talk for a good solid three, four five minutes and not interrupting you. And I think that when we give people our time too, it's a it's a it's a, a a beautiful gift to be able to give somebody something that you'll never get back. So the combination of giving time and, and listening uh, allows for you to really hear each other and not, you know, listening to react or respond, but listening to understand. And I think a lot of acting is about understanding, understanding what your scene partner is going through personally professionally what their character is going to going through because that helps you inform your how you're going to respond that is that first connection of of how you all will communicate with each other is based off the information you know about each other it, it's almost like you know actually you know actively listening is what makes it true and makes it feel real and, and, and instead of you know waiting your turn which is something i think a lot it's it's hard for younger actors to to get over that that idea of you know my line is next i'm waiting my turn yeah yeah Something else you said, as this was specifically about Glass Onion that I found very interesting, is it was, it was a quote about sort of some like, you know, you knew what it took to get a take. Uh, and, you know, when you when you when you get that take, you're sort of waiting for the release, I think is how you how you said it. And I'm curious if you could sort of put that try and put that into words into like, how do you what is the release of? Wow, that was that was the take. I, I, and what are you what are you striving for in when you're on take three, four, or five, stuff like that? What is what is it that you are looking for as an actor when you know? Oh, I think that was the take. I mean, I'm looking at do I believe you, Janelle Monae or Andy or you know whatever character I'm playing? Do I believe this? Is it does it feel honest? Was I honest in the moment? I mean, sometimes you can like not really be present, but it on screen, it looks like you were so present, but you've given a performance that you believe. I believe it. Whatever you did, whether it was your body language or your the timbre or tone in your voice or your eye contact or your how you communicated what you had to say, is it believable? And that's what I'm always trying to do and be as an artist is just honest and in the moment and present. And um, 
also allowing some room for uh, surprise, you know, that element of like, wow, okay, I surprised myself. Like I had it mapped out, but I was present and something else came from it. You know, something new came, something better came. It's something, you know, and I, it's something I've always appreciated you just as an artist and then an actor, you know, is, is that authenticity that that's sort of, you know, that that real just devotion to to, to who you are. And, and I think that's a lot. You've talked a lot about, you know, that comes from following a kind of inner compass, you know, you're trusting that the gut instincts, you know, for anyone who, who has problems, you know, trusting their gut and going with the decision that feels right. When did you how and when did you start trusting that inner compass? When did when did it become apparent to you that you know that would lead you in the right direction as opposed to like trying to decide which way to go? Well, I was just talking to someone about it, but I, I, there's like literally with, since I've been under five feet tall, <laughs> there was never a world where I wasn't storytelling through music and through acting. And, you know, I was either on stage doing a talent showcase, you know, singing cover songs with my best friend starting a, a a duo, doing original music to being in the community's theatrical production, being in the high school musical, being in the after school Shakespearean program. I am an international thespian. Like I studied acting and music uh, at the American Musical and Dramatics Academy in New York City. So I, I never I've never known a life where I wasn't storytelling in some way, shape or form. And I think having a good support system like my parents who were working class, living paycheck to paycheck, making it look so effortless that I didn't even know we were poor until I understood money. They never, ever like tried to stop me from doing this. They never said, oh, you know, go, we need you to do this. And I worked jobs and I would help out and contribute, but they were always there in the front row. They were there helping me get my costumes together, uh, money to go on, you know, uh, monologue competition trips, like all of that. And I think it was that helped me, that support system helped me to trust my gut a lot more because I, I got an opportunity to tell them, hey, this there's this production that I want to be a part of. I think I should do it. I can do, you know, how can we do it? How can we raise money? Do, do I need to like, will you help me, mom, dad, you know? So all of that helped me to to trust and to convince people, convince people that this is what I should be doing. But it starts with myself. It starts with 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 me. And, and you know, it wasn't always like that because there were some moments where just life happens and I didn't get an opportunity to. I remember uh, being a part of I, I also am a writer and I, I, I was writing at the Young um, Playwrights Roundtable with the Coterie Theater in, in my uh, hometown. And it was a beautiful program, but they had a like no late policy. Like you could not be late to the after school program. Well, I was sharing a car at the time with my mom and my mom was working. Uh, I believe she was either a janitor at that time. And so I would drive to school, have to leave school, go pick up my mom, drop her off and then go to that program. But there were some times where my mom was still cleaning and she had to work overtime. And so it made me late. And I remember them kicking me out of that program. And I was heartbroken. I'm talking about like, oh, my God, this is the kind of program where like actors would perform your your work if it was good enough. And, and it, it it helped define me as a writer. And I was like, this is the end. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to do what it is that I love. And, you know, and I would do it all over again for my mother. Like I wouldn't I would stay after for how long, however long she needed me to stay because that is my mother and I love her with all my heart. 
but it just shows that it doesn't always go in your favor. You know, there are moments of doubt. There are moments of when you get kicked out of a program and you think like, here, this is it. I need this. And uh, it all works out in the end. It all works out. Incredible. Well, I did, before I let you go, I am, I, I did want to ask this because I, it, you're just a person with a, just an incredibly impressive creative output. You know, it's, 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 it's multi-talented, it's multi-mediums, it's, 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 it crosses genres. So I'm curious, you know, for people who, who, who have the ideas swirling and they're, they're not sure what to grab onto, what, what, what is it that that sort of makes you decide that to be pulled in that direction to 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 go to go towards that medium next to to focus on this one thing is is there do you have a something that that makes you decide it or is it is it is it sort of just still like this is what's pulling me sometimes it's a, com- a combination of things it depends on where what season i'm in like what challenges i want you know as as an actor as a performer as a storyteller you know this year earlier i was very fortunate to release my first science fiction book full of, you know, five short stories. And I collaborated um, with five different writers for each of them, you know, and it was a concept that I had stories, ideas I had and being able to collaborate with them, sort of like this uh, literary mixtape was a dream that I, I wanted to do. And I, 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 during the pandemic, when my music stuff was getting canceled, I found time to just buckle down and and do those sort of thought experiments of, around concepts and 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 to really like build community in that way. So it just depends. Like, and I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to be a pub, you know a published author and and this role up into this role. You know, it was it was important to take on a role like this. You know, to challenge me in in new ways and have the space and time to do it is another thing. So I'm thankful for the team that I have that helps me figure out if there's something that I'm just super passionate about. It just, some things I'll have to say no to. Some things, you know what I mean? I can't do everything. Well, I guess I can because I am an Android. (laughs) I was going to say evidence uh, suggests you can do everything. So I'm not sure. You know what it is? I have clones. So all of my clones go out and they are <laughs> they are representatives for the many things that I put my heart and my spirit to. And and sometimes things don't go as planned, but that is life. And so I welcome all the highs and the lows and the peaks and the valleys and, you know, just the journey being on Earth here and making and creating things uh, is a blessing within itself. So I just pray that I can, can continue to, uh, to do it and, and it and it fulfills me deeply. Amazing. Well, Janelle, again, thank you so much for being here uh, Glass Onion. I encourage people to see it. Can't wait to see what you do next and cannot wait for the next Halloween costume. We were eagerly, <laughs> eagerly awaiting 365 days or so from now uh, to see what comes next. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, as always, to our brilliant producer, Jamie Muffet, and to the whole team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. 100% free, you simply cannot beat that. For more exclusive content, find us on Facebook and Twitter, at In The Envelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who should we interview next? Let us know. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another peek in the envelope.